everybody. Welcome into another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I am your host, Brennan Tassif. Joined this week, as always, by my very good friend and co-host, Joe Dorville. What's up, what man? What is going on, my guy? Nothing. Just hanging out. For those of you who are new to the show, quick rundown of the show. We're going to go through some of the biggest things happening in uh, the biggest sports around the country. NBA, NHL, MLB is where we'll go this week. Uh, then we'll get into the quick hits where we will uh, talk about some of the tertiary sports, some stuff that's going on in like lesser known sports. And then most weeks we will do a walk off where we uh, have a short essay portion this week. I am not doing a walk off, but Joe is new rule. We're only doing a walk off if something inspires us because towards the end, a couple of weeks ago, a couple months ago, I guess now our walk offs were getting kind of in my instance, kind of lazy. So now we're just doing them if we have something we want to talk about. And then we'll do the press conference. We'll, we'll pedal our wares. We're going to start this week the same way we do every week. Joe! Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. Straight into it. No small talk. No pitter-patter. We're getting right into it. No pitter-patter? I am excited. Big fan of the pitter-patter. Or the finals. Pitter-patter. Talking NBA, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, First, before we get into the final preview and give our predictions and whatnot, let's talk about Miami, Boston. Going to a game seven in Miami, the number one seed. Boston takes it. Boston 50 points from Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum. Uh, ended up pulling this game out. What was that final score? 86-100 or 96-100? It was something close. It was uh, 196. 96. Yeah, there we go. You were there. You are right there. Beautiful. What, um, Joe, what did you take away from this? Because I've got some opinions, but I wanted to hear what you, what you took away from it. So uh, I'd rewind because my opinions are game six and forward. Um Game six, it looked like the series was going to be over then and there. Uh, Boston was going back with a 3-2 lead, and the Heat had played like fucking garbage the last couple of games. Garbage. Speaking of garbage, the guy you're going to mention played like terrible garbage. Who's that? Uh, Not in that game. I'm talking about in the games prior. You were like... I guess not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jimmy Butler then exploded for Jimmy 47 Buckets, points and uh, showed us why he was that guy um, and forced the game seven back at home in by himself FTX arena. Um, and in that game, I was a little reticent to the fact that I don't think Miami was going to move on. If they did move on, they were at best going to get swept uh, by Golden State because Jimmy Butler was a man alone. Uh Bam Adebayo is no good for anything other than setting picks. If you yeah, have what happened, uh, if you have a semi-respectable defender in the middle, he will not attack the basket whatsoever. He will fade away. He will go set screens and not cut hard back on the pick on the pick and roll. Um, he he just seems unaggressive and happy and content and has no. I mean, for lack of a better term, and some we talk about Jimmy. He had no dog in him. He, 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 yeah, looked, Jimmy. he just looked like a flounder. He looked like a fish out there just with nothing to do. Um, and yeah, so they're they're definitely going to have to either check what's in his, you know what, check what's in his heart, or they're going to have to move on from him because I can't see that being Jimmy's running mate when this window is so, 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 so small for Jimmy, who's at least like 32 at this point. Um, so yeah, so... And then game seven, the Heat are getting thrashed for 
the entire first quarter. They make a modicum of a comeback in the second. Um, in the third, it gets close. Fourth quarter, we get lemon booty time, and we see who's there and who's not. And people are saying that Jimmy took a bad three. Um, yes, it wasn't the best three, but most threes in that position are going to be bad threes. Uh, he could have took it to the paint, but that was the he was going for the nail in the coffin. He was going for yeah. the he was going for the shot her around the world right there with that one right there. Um, and it just didn't fall for him. And Boston was able to recover and hold on to the game. Yeah, it was interesting because uh, Jimmy Butler, which we've talked about this whole series and this whole playoffs is he can turn it on. But uh, the thing is, is he's getting up there in age like you had just mentioned. I mean, it's one of those things where he's 32 now, which is not old, but it's old for the NBA. But it's interesting because the fact that there are some games where you watch him and you go, oh, there's no way they can stop him. Like game two or game. What was it? Game two or game three where it's like, oh, this is was the game one. This is over. Like Jimmy Buckets is not going to let anything happen. And then he just checks, not checks out because that's not his style, but you know what I mean? Like he just, they'll start doubling him. And then all of a sudden he's not making the same kind of plays. He can't get anything off. I mean, and then he yeah. suffered a knee injury mid, mid series. So, yeah, when I thought, I thought he was getting in fights with people, you're like, no, he got hurt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cause he just didn't come out of the tunnel in uh, game three. But, uh, it's, it's something we, I, I mean, I know I thought the Heat were going to lose this series, but they hung in there a lot longer than I thought they would, especially because after game two, I was like, oh, you know, if Boston's not spotting them two fucking starters, this game, this series is over because they blew them out. This whole playoffs has been a lot of blowouts. I think there's only been like 12 lead changes in the entire NBA playoffs this year or something stupid like that because all the games have been so so much of that a, sounds a blowout. wildly inaccurate. But Maybe it was just in this series. Uh, <laughs> but um, I'm just thinking of the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. I was like, yeah, it might have been this series that maybe there's like nine or 12 lead changes in the series because Warriors. all the games have been blowouts. Uh, but yeah, Boston's going best defense in the NBA statistically, <laughs> analytically. And so we'll see what happens. I was shocked that it took this long for them to win the series. I believe I had them going to the finals. I've had that since March. So I'm stoked that they're going, but a little nervous with all the, I mean, it was a, a brutal series. So a little well, nervous with all the injuries. The thing, the thing, uh, if we're going to do a little forward outlook, um, before we get to our predictions, uh, they're not going to face the same caliber team and not to no. say Golden State is not a great, great team. They're not going to face this physical team, this the same physicality. Yeah. yeah. The same physicality, the same defensive pressure, the same um, lean on for lack of a better term, because like the heat, one of their tactics is they're going to lean on you. They're going to buy you to body you. They're going to wear you out, fatigue you. Um, Golden State's not going to fatigue you in that manner per se. They're going to run around and try to wear you out, but they're not going to lean on you body to body contact. Um, I will say that, uh, Brennan, can you tell me what Duncan Robinson gets paid $90 million for other than the podcast at this point? Uh, he was a really good shooter last year. Who got a better a deal? Who got a better deal? Joe Rogan or Duncan Robinson to do podcasts? Jesus H. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I mean, hero was hurt. They already weren't a high uh, caliber offensive team to begin with. And then Hero goes out. Duncan Robinson has been non-existent this year, it seems like. And then Struess had a couple of plays, but it wasn't 
I mean, it's all you can expect, I guess, from Max Struess, but it just, there was no offense to be seen. And then the Bam thing, again, I want to get back to, because Bam was seen as like, you know, an up and coming star. Yeah. And I made the joke last week, uh, are we going to straight up Bam for uh, uh, DeAndre Ayton? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it's not terrible. But it's not at that the terrible same time, now. <laughs> not that yeah, terrible now. But especially if you look at the the last two games for both of them in the series is yeah. they both did not play well. When, well, when Bam, your backs are against the Bam wall. Bam had the numbers in this game, but if you just watch how he played. No, that's was, what I'm saying. Yeah, eye test. He wasn't yeah. there. He was scared. He looked scared. Yeah, he looked petrified. Petrified of the moment. Yeah. So, I mean, given Boston had a lot more size um, with uh, Grant and then uh, I always want to say Roy. I always Robert. want to say Roy for Robert. Yeah. But uh, I mean, who is uh, it's Robert who's dealing with the injury. And then, I mean, obviously they have Al Horford, but he's getting up there, too. So it's not like. He's not like a dominant pre- even when he played for Atlanta in his prime, See, he wasn't thing. like a it's dominant like, presence. You got Al Horford in there who's not he's not the big defensive stopper guy. Yeah. And Bam is not attacking him. Like attack the middle if you're gonna be in there. So Yeah, so that's I don't I mean, I don't get it. Uh from Bam's perspective. I mean, Horford's a six nine, thirty five year old guy playing center. Like get in there, show him give you know what I mean? Like show him what's up. Yeah. But Alas, Dallas, or I almost said Dallas, uh, Boston wins the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the book close on that. What what think? What do you think they're going to do in this offseason, though? Because I Miami? see, yeah, because they got here. They were the number one seed and all, but I see some albatross of contracts uh, sitting on their oh, Are you looking right at now. it right now? No, I'm not yeah. looking at it. I'm just looking <laughs> at the roster. Um, Oladipo's gone because I believe that he was on a one-year prove-it. Um, Kyle Lowry didn't perform. We didn't even mention his name once, really. That's how uh, yeah. well he performed in this. Well, I mean, he was uh, playing series. hurt, but still, he was he out was, of shape when he got there. How do I say he never looked to be in shape? Um, you got you got Duncan Robinson, who was several CDMPs, uh, CDDMPs, um, and then you got Bam. It's Coach like, decision did not play for all of the those yeah. listening that don't know that. So it's like. They have to. They have to keep Jimmy, right? We're we're in agreement on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy is the one that stays, but it's like Jimmy Bam. How do you shuffle some of these other decks? Stay. And I then don't you're know gonna if Bam move. is guaranteed to stay at this point. If they I would can say get Jimmy, a deal, if they can get a deal that they feel comfortable with moving Bam, I think they will pull it down. I don't think they yeah, do it so, last year. I think they do it this year. Yeah, after after his performance in the playoffs, I think that's going to be one of those things where it's like, all right. You know, we we trusted you with this, and you showed us last year. And in the bubble, they made it to the finals. And then this year, when when push came to shove, and you put all the chips in the center of the table, and you got Jimmy buckets, who you know as well as I do, is like, let's fucking go. You you crumbled. The team yeah. leaned on him, and he crumbled. So you can't. He gave one one real big game in this um, in this series. Game three. Game and that three. was only the second half of game yeah, three. And that's when Jimmy left in the second half of game three. Yeah. And at that point, I think Boston had none of their bigs in. I think Horford was uh missed a game. Horford and Williams were both out because they and, were hurt. Yeah, I think or, Williams yeah. was out. So he was able to eat when the presence in the middle was there, but once those presents came back, he did nothing. He, he cowered under the moment. So yeah. so yeah, I think I think Jimmy Butler obviously is number one. 
hero, I would put it like, you know, a second, another tier. If you, if you'll allow me to do a tier situation, <laughs> boy loves, tier. um, but I'd put Butler and then hero. And then everyone else is definitely yeah. out of here. Yeah. Moving on to the Western Conference Finals. It was not a sweep, but very, very close. Gentlemen's sweep. Speaking of out of here. Golden State takes down the mighty Dallas Mavericks. Um, I know what I want to say. Joe, do you want to go first? Because I got I, I just, If you know what you want to say, go ahead and say it, buddy. Uh, so <clears throat> Dallas looked so good <laughs> when Luka was out and... Some of those guys were playing out of their mind. Um, Let's not forget who they were playing. They were playing the Utah Jazz. I understand that, but hang on. I'm going to, I just want to pull this up. So, all right. So Bullock, Brunson, and uh, Dinwiddie were playing so well when Luca was out. We like, we saw how well they were doing and we're like, oh my God. Here we go. Luca comes back. They win that series. Nobody thought they were going to win that series. They come back and win that series. And it's like, Maybe it's time. They were going to win that series. They were the four seed. It's time to go. <laughs> then they go against Golden State. I believe I had this, but Golden State was like a buzzsaw. Now, the thing that bothers me is that it's not as bad as it looks on paper. Now, I'm a big Golden State fan. I had Golden State going to the finals this whole time. Uh, you can check the tape. But Dallas just stopped making their shots. They went from 42% from three to like 28% from three. And you can't, you can't go against a team like golden state and, and have that happen. I mean, it was horrific how they just fell apart. And we talked about it earlier. Golden state's not like a get to the rim kind of team, but you know, they could do that against uh, Dallas. It was just like wide open. Draymond Green was just having a field day out there. Clay in game, what was that? Game five, Clay started to look like himself again. Yeah. It's all coming together. Uh, and Wiggins and then uh, Jordan Poole, you know, I think are going to be big factors in the next series. But I just want to say, I what I basically wanted to say was those guys didn't show up, but it's not all, it's not all as bad as it looks because they just weren't ma- making shots. Yeah, um, I mean, hats off to Dallas. Uh, nobody thought they were going to make it to the Western Conference Finals in this season whatsoever. If you asked me at the beginning of the year, they would have been one of the last teams. Um, I thought, not one of the last teams, but of the four, of the eight teams that made the playoffs, they would have been one of the last teams, I thought, um, to make it to the Western yeah. Conference Finals. <laughs> yeah. um, no, no fault of them. I mean, yeah, um, wait a second. Um, but they need something more and they need a little less from Luca. Luca can't be expending himself. Yeah. He can't be expending himself for 40 minutes at a time, giving everything with the highest usage rate, uh, known to man. Um, they need, Dude, it's a like little what more. Russell Westbrook kind of pretty much numbers. It's like and the difference is that he's six, is. eight, six, nine. So he can carry that load for a little bit, but eventually it's going to wear. And in that game five, you saw three or 13 from threes. Like, dude, stop taking them. And but hey, you those lose your are, legs. Those are tired shots. Those yeah, are tired. Exactly. I'm tired of going to the pain. I'm tired of people fouling me and touching me. I'm just going to stand out here and put up jumpers. Did you watch? I, I don't, I mean, don't mean to go back to it, but talking about tired legs, that shot Jimmy Butler had in game seven to 
uh, no, to bring legs. it within one. Tired legs. You, but did you think that was going in? Um, when he shot it, I was like, oh, fuck. When he shot it, I mean, like I said, it was it was one of those, if he makes it, this is shot her around the world. This is yeah. legendary building. And then it this clanged is legacy. off. And I was like, damn, And he's then tired. he missed it. And I was like, I saw how he shot that. Why would I, for a second, well, think a, that was, was Yeah, it was a front rim <laughs> miss, which means it, was, yeah, it wasn't it was getting short. enough elevation. It no it's a leg legs. thing. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, so cool. like you were saying, Dallas... Just uh, Luca, it's too heliocentric. They're too surrounded, and we have not seen. Ryan Rossillo did a great job breaking this down. We don't for every apartment. in the last twenty years, for every team that had a, a a single player that had like a PP, whatever the fucking usage is. Yeah, if usage. It, if it was if it was above if it was above like twenty eight, which is like a high level of usage. Yeah. Out of in the last twenty years, out of all those teams like Iverson, Harden, West, all those teams. Only two of them have actually made it to the finals using a heliocentric offense. And only I think only one of them won. And it was like something dumb like LeBron in 16 or whatever it was. But yeah. so it's just something crazy. Dumb like LeBron in 16. Yeah. Just man, I'm insane. I'm over that. Insane I heard, peak level LeBron. <laughs> I just heard a great take uh, from somebody about how Steph Curry and LeBron James are both superstars, but they did it totally different ways. Like yeah. LeBron is all about winning now. And Steph is like, let's do what's best for the team. And now we see where they're at. So I don't think that I, 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 I it's not that I don't disagree. I was going to say I sprung it on you. So you I, know, it's not that I disagree with that. It's more or less like, What's wrong with winning right now? <laughs> like what the No, fuck? I know, but if it doesn't work out, then all of a sudden you're stuck in this trap where it's like you've got Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, no picks, and you're so like, we're only oh, gonna, fuck, what are we supposed to do? We're only gonna put it on for the one year with the Lakers. Well, they, that the didn't same thing work. happened in Cleveland. And then the same thing happened in Miami. He saw the writing on the wall when Wade was getting old and Bosch, you know, he bounced out of there. But he also won two titles there and he won one in Cleveland. All right, let's not get into it. Uh, yeah, let's talk about <laughs> Steph Curry, because that's what I wanted to focus on. Steph same, Curry. LeBron has more rings. And Steph, so I don't see what's the issue there. Now he won't at the end of their careers. I don't think that he is will. true. That is true. Um, um, and you know that why? Might not be Steph, true. That might not Steph be true. Steph stayed the course with Golden State, but it's but like Steph, If you keep Steph bouncing around the, trying hold to chase hold on, it, you're gonna. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is this is a cloudy argument. I don't know who brought it to your attention, but Steph <laughs> only stayed the course because Steph got underpaid on his first deal. I was to say because he kept getting hurt. I was to say he got underpaid on his first deal because he kept getting hurt. So financial incentive to stay sign a longer term deal, and then on the most recent deal, it was back pay for the winning they did when they had him for cheap and were able to bring a Durant, were able to pay a Clay, were able to pay a Draymond. So you're damn right he stayed and got two hundred and thirty million dollars. He had no reason to leave. I'm just saying. Steph Curry it's is not, in a better position. I don't think position. he planned. His mastermind plan was like, I'm going to just stay here and do this. It was like, yeah, it's, financial, it's, it's financially responsible for me to stay here and get all the money that is due to me for the years where I was grossly underpaid. And I won Shaq two MVPs anything, with a salary Curry total of $57 over four years. Steph Curry is the king of crypto if Shaq taught us anything. Um, all right, let's go. <laughs> It was enough about the Dallas Golden State. I mean, that was a gentleman's sweep. It was a blowout. Let's go to the finals. All right. Who Joe, who's your prediction? You so, want me to go first? Uh, I'll I got go Golden first. State. Golden State in six. All right. Wow. He laid down the gauntlet. I was going to do a little more tease there. Um, so so when I thought about this game, 
I wanted to break it down in levels. I thought about the coaches. I like both coaches. Um, Ime Doka has put in time for many, many years. Uh, Steve Kerr as well. Steve Kerr, love him as a man. Love him as a coach. Ime Doka, love him as a strategist. Love his wife. Um, she was one of my. She was one of my uh, crushes, early crushes growing up. Do you know who his wife is? No. He's married to Nia Long. Uh, oh, really? If you've seen the movie Friday at eight years old, like I did, then you'll understand why I was in love with his wife. Um, so yeah, she's gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> Brent, stop giving me faces. You've done way worse. <laughs> um, then going to the star players, Steph and Jason Tatum. Um, I got a lot of uh, riding on Jason Tatum, man. I, I once said he was going to be the, one of the best players in the league when he got drafted. I was like, I think this guy is going to be. I think I thought he was going to be mellow two in the sense that he can score at will from anywhere he desired. Um, and I was a huge mellow fan, so that was high praises for me. But I thought he, he could be a defense. little better. I was say I thought he could be a little better because the three point it was a more of an emphasis. He obviously expanded on that once he got to the league better than when he was at Dallas. And then, like you said, he stepped up his defensive game a ton where he's guarding the number one more times than not. And that really impressed me. Um, Steph is Steph. Steph can shoot the lights out from all over the land. Um, then it went to the twos. I think, I think Boston has the better two. You take Jalen over Clay or Draymond. That's the problem. Who is Golden State's two? It's right now, Cl- it's right now it's Clay, or it could be yeah. Jordan, or it could be Dre, or it could be like they have two much inconsistent. Now it's a it's a it's an embarrassment of riches. They have a bunch of people who can they step into that twos. role, but who is going to game in game out provide that spark? And then from there, I I know oh, this is going to be dangerous to say. I think I like Boston's wild card a little more. I've not liked his game for quite some time, but Marcus, Marcus Smart <laughs> seems to finally have put exactly it all who you together. Were talking about. <laughs> he I knew exactly to where you were talking about. Finally, putting it all together. So, bro, bro, with the green hair. Um, I gotta do something with that green hair. Uh, I, I think. So bad. I think this is the self, the young. I think this is. This playoffs has been the changing of a guard in a way. No LeBron, KD out early, Kyrie out early. Um, Chris Paul didn't make it as far as he bounced. That's not really changing the guard, but yeah, that whole situation. I mean, they just won a couple years ago and he's considered the best player in the NBA. I know, but he's not a part of the old guard. He's he's an in-between guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. But he's not completely old guard. Um, and I think it's Ben Roethlisberger to Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. You know how I feel about that guy. Um, <laughs> he, it's the quickest name I could pull in my head. I mean, not, a, not a terrible Eli. You could have went Eli. Ah, I could have gone Eli. I would have had less of an issue with Eli. <laughs> He's the Eli Manning to Peyton Manning um, and Tom Brady. But um, uh, was there not another person who won another? Aaron Rodgers won one in that same area. Just stuck in the yeah. middle with you type of situation. Yeah, they're not. He's, he didn't come in like at the same time as the yeah. old vets, but he's not as young as the young Wiley guys. So he's yeah. kind of like in between. But we all know he's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so and and then I think 
I think that whole chain of the guard culminates with Boston beating the team that ran the 2010s, basically. I think Boston takes them out and it's the new look NBA going forward. The way you set that up was very poetic, but as I've said many times before, real life is no fairy tale. Uh, Golden State wins too much offense. There's just it's too much shooting. I'd say too much defense. I think Boston beats them in seven. But this isn't the NFL. Offense with championships in the NBA. Offense with championships in the NBA. I think I think it's harder for Golden State to match up with Boston than it is for Boston to stay with Golden State. I can see. I can see that. But actually, going piggybacking off of what you said about old school, new school kind of a thing. I I get I totally am with you on what you're saying about it. So changing of the guard, Boston is the younger team. They're going to kind of come into their own and win. But I think Golden State plays more new school. Boston plays. It's interesting because Boston has the younger players, but plays more old school. And they have a Golden bit of State both. Has, they, they they can get three point happy as well and play that fast up and pace. Um, but they do have a bit of grit and grind to them where they, I think it's they just, will yeah, match more you up defensive. defensively. Yeah. yeah, I would say they'll match you up defensively. So I feel like the happy marriage of that in Boston, figuring it out figuring that out in the first half of the season, looking bad until they finally got together, and then looking like the best team, unstoppable force in the second half of the season. And like you said, once the playoffs started, that somehow Boston was statistically proven to be the team with the best outlook to win this yeah. championship. And at that time, I thought you were a maniac, and I said the numbers were crazy, and I, I turned into Wilbon. And then it bore out. <laughs> and here we are. So, yeah. yeah. I just think Golden State has too much firepower, especially with the way Clay looks like he's back. I mean, and it could have been an aberration. It could have been a one. I know. I, what you're say, I think it's an aberration because he did the same thing in game six in the previous he series. He did it one time in this series for game five. He tapped into game six, Clay, a game too early. Um, but yeah, I, them losing. The thing that scares me with Golden State and the reason I can't pick them is them losing those two games to the Grizzlies or that one in one game and should have lost the other game to the Grizzlies without Ja. Um, And then losing the one to Dallas where I felt like this should have been a sweep. And I can't fault them on that. I mean, uh, uh, extraneous circumstances, but they haven't, they haven't looked dominant in that way. Like, even if you go back and look at the Dallas score lines, like, the first game was a blowout. But after that, each and every close, game yeah. was within 10 to 12 points. And it's normally like, okay, Golden State goes, like, on a little run towards the end to make it seven, and then it's a foul game, and then it get it gets ballooned up to, say, 10, 12 points. And then if you look at those Grizzly scores, they're neck and neck for a lot of those yeah. games. So I just don't think they have... They don't have that runaway power, and I think Boston has the ability to keep them within arm's reach at all times. Yeah, keep them home. Yeah. All right. I like when we do disagree on things because then at least one of us can say, I had that. Uh, Moving on to the NHL playoffs. Joe, I'm going to be honest with you. My Tampa Bay Lightning are resting, getting ready for the New York Rangers. So I have not been watching anything else. I just saw the Rangers won in game seven against uh, the Hurricanes. And now they're talking shit like, 
Oh, well, you won. You swept the series against Tampa Bay. Whoa. That's who you're facing in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Well, you know what else? The fucking Ice Cats won the President's Cup and we swept them. So what's up, kid? Come okay. get some. All right. All right. Don't know why I had to get thrown under the bus at that moment. But um, the funny thing is, as great as Vassy is, he was not in contention for the... I'm going to mess it up. I, do you remember the name of the goalie trophy? No, it's the goalie trophy. Yes, the goalie trophy. Sorry for our hockey listeners out there. Um, gosh, I know the name of it. Hold on. This is a quick little Google goalie trophy. If I remember to take this out, folks won't know. The Vesna trophy. That's what it is. He wasn't in contention for the Vesna trophy. And the goaltender for... Is goaltender okay to say? The goal goalie for the Rangers Tender. is, huh? I think it's goalie. Goalie. Yeah, yeah. Go, okay. You got me second guessing. <laughs> the goalie for the Rangers. It's the keeper in soccer. It's the goalie in hockey. Okay. Um, is uh, er, er, Igor Shustekin? Shustepin? He is your stepping, yeah. It's your stepping, yeah. He is the uh runaway favorite for the Vesna trophy. So you guys will yeah. be facing one of the top goalies out there. Um, so if he can put together a, quite the series like he did here, helping them come back in their offense awoken late in the series. Uh they came back from being down three two to win it in seven, like you said. And then uh Crazy we, sets too. The Hurricanes haven't lost at home this entire uh playoffs. They had not lost a game seven this entire playoffs, so well, it was only one yeah. game seven, but um, yeah, the Avs moved on. They beat the Blues, and then the Flames went down to the Oilers. Uh, Edmonton Oilers, Connor McDavid moving on in the postseason. So we'll get to see a lot more of that phenom in his first real, real long trip into the playoffs, all into the deep waters now in the Western Conference kit. So we have Avs, Edmonton, and then we have Rangers. Lightning, Brennan, who you got in both those series and who will we see come Stanley Cup finals time? I know who won I have this. The, so. I have the Avs winning big, mm-hmm. uh, probably five or six games. I mean, nobody, there's not a lot of sweeps in the NHL. I mean, I'm not, really not even trying to take a dig at you. There's not. Um, so I think the Avs, I think the dig Avs taken. win in. Uh, dig taken. <laughs> I think the Avs win in five, maybe six. But uh, Avs win in big, though. They're going to blow out some of these games. And then I've got. Um, the lightning, obviously. Sweep. Sweep of the Rangers. I'm going to wear all my lightning gear out. Living in New York. Living in Manhattan. I'm going to walk Jeff around said, with my Jeff lightning said gear. sweeps are not a big thing. And then, oh, we're going to sweep Come the Rangers. Get some. <laughs> yeah, but sweeps, sweeps aren't a big thing for the rest of the NHL. I don't know if you understand. I'm too, I'm riding with the two-time Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, yeah. Um, hey, if we win a third in a row, are you still going to try and ride that horse into the ground about like, oh, you guys kept people on the bench that one year? Yeah, I will, because you guys did. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if we went three in a row and we only did that once, I mean, it kind of shows. I mean, I, I'll give respect where respect is due, but I still will hold a grudge for, uh, but what was it, Braden Point coming out of nowhere uh, <laughs> two, last year? Um, that last year or two years ago? That was two years ago. That was, two, that was the and COVID then, season? Okay. Yeah, and then um, Kucherov was on the bench all last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kuch came players. back last year. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, had so surgery. Yeah. Just had a conveniently timed <laughs> surgery. Just was back. Just missed all the the season, Very and then came back just in time for the playoffs. Very convenient. Um, but yeah, I, I think I line up with you. I, I got the Avs and I got the uh, Lightning, but I have the Avs winning it all finally. 
completing their destiny. They've been they've been at this climbing this hill for like the last two three years, uh, getting a championship uh, championship uh, presence trophy of their own um, in that duration. So I think they finally. Uh, I was very mad at Greg. I told him when they did it, they started benching their players early and the ice cats got stuck in a bit of a game winning streak. So yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. 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 So they kind of got the jump on us and were like, we're not falling for this trick again. So uh, I think they'll be able to pull this one out. They even, you know, I don't- they weathered the storm on a little bit of scare they had here where it kind of looked similar to last year in this series where they were up big in game five and, they could have won it and closed it out there, but then the Blues came back to win. Um, but they finished it off in six. So I think they, I think they're on a mission to finish this thing. I don't think Greg listens anymore. RIP <laughs> to our former producer. But if you do, I we're coming, dog. We're coming for you. I'm talking about like it's already the finals. I will put money, dinner, trip out. I'll fucking fly to Colorado if that's what you want to do. What's up? You you text shoot me a text. Anyway, moving on. Colin has been laid. All right, Joe, we're talking MLB. Yes, we are. Couple of quick ones in the MLB. Brennan, did you see that Jock Peterson got slapped across the face? I didn't see it, but I've heard all about it. Okay, pre this was a pre-game confrontation between uh, Jock Peterson now of the San Francisco Giants and Tony Pham, who I believe is a Cincinnati Red. Um, he keeps changing teams, it looks like, in my fantasy. But uh, yeah, they had a bit of a disagreement that apparently traced back to some fantasy, fantasy football baseball. stuff. No, oh, no, no, no. They can't do fantasy baseball. They're in fantasy oh, baseball. Yeah. Duh. It's fantasy football related stuff. That's what I meant. They're in the league together and uh, it was Tommy an IR Pham, situation, benching yeah, somebody yeah. or IR. Or something. Tommy Pham uh, accused Jock Peterson of some shenanigans because in one league, this player that was being put on Jock Peterson's IR wasn't in the IR for a different league. Tony Pham, so they thought there was some chicanery going on, and uh, Tony Pham didn't like that, and he expressed that with a with a five finger, you know, questionnaire to the face. Slap. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you this stems from something else, obviously, right? You think so? I don't know, man. Fantasy football to. gets you. Yeah, but uh, you play a lot of fantasy football. Have you ever slapped somebody? Not due to fantasy football, but I know people yeah. who would slap people due to fantasy football. That's the thing. That's true. That's I was say my entire fantasy football so league. I don't play we're anymore. in a group chat, and we immediately said this is behavior befitting of our commissioner. shots fired bang bang (laughs) but yeah Um, but from a hot face to a hot seat Joe Girardi current manager of the uh, Philadelphia Phillies is currently uh, being talked about as being on the hot seat Brennan uh, as you know and as you've made uh, very clear you're not a fan of the Phillies and the Phillies have spent recklessly in the past couple years spending big on getting JT Romuto in there Bryce Harper to break uh, prize possession. They paid for Nick Castellanos this past offseason, but they haven't done much to shore up their pitching staff, whether it be starters or the bullpen. And they still are under 500 and they're floundering around in the AFC, in the AFC, in the NL East, along with the Atlanta Braves, who are in a bit of a rebuild, and the Miami Marlins, who are always in the state of a rebuild. Um, so, do you think it is going to be time to get a new skipper out there, Brennan? 
Yeah, so everybody knows in baseball, <clears throat> it's more uh, the front office that kind of decides a lot of the stuff now. It's been taken out of the manager's hands due to analytics, thanks to uh, Billy Bean. But I think Joe Girardi has enough weight carried with his name where he can weather this storm. But if they keep sliding like this, they've spent, like you've already recapped, they spent a lot of money. And if they keep sliding like this and he can't get this shit together, then yeah, they'll bounce him. Uh, baseball managers are some of the most... Um, on what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say underpaid because again, the front office take has taken over a lot of their jobs. So I think it's deserving that they get less, but it's one of the most, uh, what is the word I'm looking at? Oh, biggest turnover. It's one of the <laughs> easiest positions to turn over in major league sports. Cause you're not on the hook for a ton of money. I mean, Joe Girardi gets paid more than most, but still it's not, it's not like a $10 million a year salary we're talking about. So yeah, I think, there's less incentive with the money that the ownership is spent on the players in Philly. I think there's less incentive to keep Joe and you obviously want to keep the players and get rid of Joe versus keep Joe and trade away some of the players. So I think that's definitely the the trajectory if they stay on this kind of a path. Yeah. Um, I think he's on the hot seat deservedly. So, and if I know anything about Joe Girardi, trust me, I do know anything about Joe Girardi because he was once fired in game as a Marlins manager. Uh, and then rehired right after that because he had a bit of a confrontation with the owner who was sitting close by and they got into it. So he got fired and then rehired before the next game. Uh, went on to be manager shit. of the year that year and then got fired right after being named manager of the year. Yep. Um, that's how much of a shit show the fucking Marlins were, were during that regime. Not much better during this regime, but um, but yeah, he is somebody who wears out his welcome very fast. Uh, yeah, it's it very Shanahan. He did it in Miami, um, and I think he'll eventually do it here. Uh, he is not, he doesn't take losing well, and I mean, no one does, but he wears it a lot, and then he will wear it onto his players and not really give them much uh, leeway. And I think if he gets fired midseason, you'll see an immediate boost of player morale and all that good jazz. Normal, you know, extra wins after you fire a coach. Everybody rallies around each other. Um, but the Phillies just are poorly constructed. Like I said, um, even though they paid for all this talent, as far as hitting, pitching is a big part of the game, and you have to be able to keep the other team low before you can go high. Uh, and their 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 arms are dead, man. They they got nothing in the bullpen to talk about. They got a few pitchers that are you know okay, but um, they've pretty much not had any prospects really of their own develop well at the pitching position. And they've kind of picked up castoffs and hit on a few, but not really. Uh, they haven't performed in the way they felt that they would, and yeah, they're just gonna be a middling team, even though they have some of these bigger contracts with some of these big hitters, it's like, it's just not going to work out. Yeah. You can't go 28 and 32 in the shortened season and then 82 and 80 with the payroll that they have. You can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, right, the wrong center. We're moving on to the quick hits. You're right. And you'd be surprised how quick and quick. Mayman hits quick hits. Damn. All right, we're going to go super quick on the quick hits because we just have one topic, and it's Joe's topic. Take it away, Joe. Quick hits. Uh, the Los Angeles Sparks beat the... Talking to him, WNBA because he never, ever says it. 
Because I feel like people would know once I say the team names, brother. The Los Angeles Sparks beat the Minnesota Lynx by two points in a game of teams that are struggling to find their footing. Uh, the Los Angeles Sparks had a um, unbeknownst, I think, not known at that time, but uh, very interesting develop with one of their f- uh, free agent signees, Liz Cambage. Uh, if you remember around the Olympic time, she was on the Australian national team because she is half Nigerian and half Australian. Um and in a scrimmage with the Nigerian team, she was kicked off of the Australian team. Well, some investigative reporting has been done, and it does not look for Liz Cambage, and she's going to have a lot to answer for, especially in her locker room, being that she is teammates with two uh, players who are of Nigerian descent in Neka Gumake and Chideo Gumake. Uh, Liz Cambage was reported to say they should go back to their third world country in reference to the um, Nigerian players. And she said something to the effect of they are monkeys. So Liz Cambage is going to be in a bit of hot water. And everyone's a little confused because, again, as I preference this story, she is half Nigerian. And half Australian. So it's a little confusing. So you think she, she can get away with it because she's half. Nigerian. I don't know what she thought. I don't know what was going through her head. She was immediately dismissed by her team, uh, the Australian national team. And um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting for the next practice with NECA and Cheney, uh, being that they actually were trying to play for the Nigerian team because they didn't get on to the U.S. team. Um, and that whole thing, I covered that when that was going on. Uh, in other news, the Aces continue their tear at the top. They beat the Chicago Sky last year, the defending champions, 83 to 76 on Saturday, Brennan. And the most surprising team I will shout out at this point is the Atlanta Dream. After having the number one overall pick, Ryan Howard, come to the team. They have skyrocketed up the charts. They are number four in the league. Um, last year, they were a bottom tier team missing the playoffs entirely. Um, so yeah. And, and the biggest, the biggest uh, upset, honestly, I thought the Liberty would have a breakout season this year with their new coach coming over from Phoenix. Um, and they have not, they've only won one game. Uh, they're one in seven at this point. Jeez. And where's my Dallas team at? Dallas, the Dallas Wings are currently number six uh, of the top eight. So they're looking good, God looking damn. good. Uh, where's my Dallas? And um, the, the one of the stories, I mean, and it's an ongoing story because of the Brittany Griner situation that has taken place. Uh, we are Brittany.org. Go there and sign the petition. Um, but the Mercury have gotten off to one of the slowest starts in the league. They are two and six. Um, I think a lot of it is psychological for dealing with the impact of yeah, what that is being on that team. Well, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think a lot of that. And there's some internal strife, it appears. Um, so, yeah. Imagine I, if Aaron Rodgers was just bread and I not. Know. Ch- I know. Like, I know. I know. I understand. But. They still have great players on the team. Diana Taurasi, Diamond DeShields, Skylar Diggins-Smith. They got Tina Charles, Tina Charles um, to you know fill in some of that role. But a bit of chemistry and a bit of probably heavy hearts is what I'm going to say, man. And it, it, it shows in their performances right now. Um, we're all praying for Brittany to get back and whatnot. Uh, not and whatnot. To get back healthy and safe. Um, and her team. Safe. Her Just, team. Yeah, uh, safe. Appears to be feeling some of the the impact there. Welcome to the big leagues. Two runs. Walk off homer for Cabrera. You can smile. That's okay. 
All you right. heard the drop, ladies and gentlemen. You might be thinking, Brennan, thought we weren't doing a walk-off this week. Well, Joe is. I am not. Uh, Joe's been excited about this walk-off. He's had it for two weeks now. Ready to go. Had it in the whole So I, I will shut up and Joe, take it away. All right. Put on my writing hat for this one. Equality is the name of the, the piece. Equality is much more than a word. It is a promise. It is a promise that has never been kept from the inception of this country. It is a thread that this is a thread that has gone on far too long. In the grand scheme of thing, this is surely trivial, but it is representative of what must take place in this country. Representative, follow me. If a representatives, if two representatives were facing a pay disparity, one team underperformed when they had been given all the advantages to succeed, and the other triumphant at every turn, though not much help from their respective federation. But now, by now, you've figured out that I'm speaking of the U.S. Soccer Federation and their recent landmark agreement to pay the men and the women equally across the board. From game wages to training to end prize money. Though the prize money for the men outweighs the women, a structure set up by FIFA, this will all be pulled together and distributed evenly. This doesn't solve all our country's ills. This doesn't make up for the fact that a white male will be paid more for a job than any other demographic, male or female, more times than not. But this is a start on a delivery of a promise and a small step in a long road that we will have to take. I'm not going to lie to you. When I saw the title of your walk off, did not see soccer coming. Didn't see soccer coming? No. Well, I originally wrote the title down right after the landmark agreement happened, and then a lot of things happened, and we were both traveling, and I was like, I got to get then, to this. Uh, yeah. I got to close the loop on this. Guess and then he started, the he started talking, and I was like, oh, where's he going? Oh, yeah. And then yeah. you said the, the soccer federation. I was like, this <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Big All deal. Right. Shout out. Shout out, soccer. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. <laughs> Shout out Yo. soccer, my favorite new term. Tell everybody new where podcast. I'm sorry. Shout out soccer. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorval. You can check out my website, joedorval.com. Uh, don't forget to check out the merch over there as well as the music under moniker headphone, Joe No O No E. Uh, don't forget to check out this show's Twitter and Instagram at Cheering Press and go over to anewlow.co to check out all the other shows on the network. Uh, Brennan, where can we find you? Where can we uh, hear you? Where can we see you? At Brennan T Comedy on all social media, BrennanTComedy.com. Check out my other podcast, Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. Some great, awesome guests coming up. Always a fun time. I have artists on, and we talk about drinking stories, drug stories, getting in trouble stories, all sorts of fun stuff. Um, show at the stand on the 29th in New York City. Probably going to be scrubbed from that lineup. There's some things that have happened uh, where I don't think I'm going to be on that show anymore. So postponing my big break. Here in New York City. But uh, yeah, check out my website, BrennanTComedy.com for everything coming up. And X Drinking Buddy is the other podcast. All right, Brennan, get us out of here so you can get some shit out. That's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. Shout out soccer. Also, Brittany Griner, still thinking about you.
You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science-slash-comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leia, or vice versa, Krevit. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network, and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again, and goodbye.